now I kind of want to switch and, and transition to part two um, mm-hmm. of this episode. So we're really going to kind of focus in more on some of your experience with teaching and, and how we can be better as pharmacy students and pharmacists um, with mental health. So my first question is, as a professor, what are the common misconceptions that pharmacy students usually have about mental health and how do you address them? I'd say the biggest misconception that students have about mental health is that it looks a certain way. So when I have students that come on rotations with me initially, they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to a psych hospital. We're going to be on a psych rotation. I'm expecting like padded rooms and all white hospital and straight jackets. And people are going to be like, that's what I would think. (laughs) Right. Right. People are going to be looking like, I don't know, like their lives are not together and all of this when they come they're, it, they're so underwhelmed in a good, to me, in a good way. Cause you realize the patients that we have, you know what they look like? They look like me. They look like yeah. you. Every they look people. like, this is the thing is when people have mental health disorders, I, we think it looks a certain way because of the media. So when we see it on TV and, you know, sometimes when people make the news, that's what we see. But the, the bulk of it, the bigger part of it is, is your neighbor across the street and your preceptor. And, and, and I, it's like, I hate to tell you, but mental health disorders run big in healthcare workers, especially mm-hmm. after the pandemic, or I guess we're still going through the pandemic, but yeah, especially yeah. like in the, in the the peak of the pandemic, mental health care worker or um, health care workers had spikes in like mental health um, related disorders, issues, concerns. And so I think that's the biggest mis- misconception. And then the way that I get to address that is by showing them, I, I tell my own like stories and personal stories a lot with students. I share with them so that they know like, Hey, I go through my own stuff from day to day. Um, but I also like to, at our hospital, we do, um, electroconvulsive therapy. And I always like for our students to be able to see that because they think like, man, ECT, you're going to go and basically send electric waves through somebody's brain. Like that's crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 just go watch and see the procedure. And they see like patient is, is put to sleep. It is pretty uneventful. (laughs) Like it's, it's not much going on, but I think exposure, just exposing yourself to different, to these opportunities is what I, is how I hope to show students like that. It's not mental health. Doesn't always look like what the, what the media portrays it as. Yeah. I, like, to be honest, I'm thinking Shutter Island. Yes. <laughs> when when yes. you say like, oh, it's an inpatient, I'm thinking padded walls. I'm thinking, you know, certain yeah. people are like, in the straight jackets, all that, like Shutter Island. Um, I forgot the movie where the guy had like nine different personality types. Um, but yeah, like that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no. And see, that's the thing is like, that's the thing is straight jackets. We don't even recommend that. And even like, even um, in movies when they're like, oh my gosh, this person is like, 
doing whatever. Like, and then they've got like a big needle of Haldol and they're going to go like run to them and like stab them in the arm mm-hmm. or wherever. Like, no, it, it's, it's so we call those chemical restraints. That's actually not recommended. That would be something that's like, you want to deescalate the situation before it got there. But that's not, as soon as somebody starts screaming, I'm not going to like pull out my howl and shoot him with it, you know? Yeah. So I just think, again, it's about educating people, the educating people on here are real experiences. The other thing that I do, and I would encourage anyone that works in like an area that you can do this again, I don't work for NAMI, but I'm just a huge, um, they're just a really good resource. Mm-hmm. So NAMI has this service called, um, I think it's called in our own voices or in our, in our voice, something like that. And they have, so you can reach out to them at no cost that I'm aware of. You can reach out to them and have somebody come to your hospital, somebody come to your school, somebody come to wherever, and somebody that has a diagnosis of whatever it is that that you were hoping for, they come and give their experience and they talk about what's going on and they talk about what it's like. Um, So then again, I feel like that way it helps to, it helps people give like a realistic expect, uh, realistic view of what, what it is to have schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, personality disorders. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's called in in our own voice. Yeah. So if you just Google NAMI in our own voice, which is what I just did, it pulls up a video and then you can um, there's a link towards the bottom where you can contact a local NAMI affiliate um, if needed to schedule or attend a presentation. So that's something that um, if any of our listeners are, are interested in and there's a bunch of different videos on YouTube, too, that you can check out um, when you just type in NAMI in our own voice and AMI space in our own voice. Okay. Uh, Another thing I kind of wanted to talk about was we recently saw, um, and by we, I I mean, Alex and I, we recently saw some of your, your topic Tuesday posts and how you kind of address concerns for mental health patients regarding their medication. So we were kind of wondering if you can provide some type of counseling point. It could be on any medication, any disease state, um, we're all students here. So we want to learn from the expert. Okay. So I think, I think probably the number one counseling tip that I would give people a couple of them, I'll give you my, my top five, if I can think of them. Number one counseling tip that I would say that applies to all mental health meds is I need you to know that just because you're on a mental health medication, it doesn't mean that you are going to be free of sadness, anxiety, depression. You know what I mean? You, you're still going to experience just because you're on this med, you are still going to be depressed. Some days you'll still be anxious. You'll still be happy. You'll still be like, feel a certain way. Those are called emotions and it is normal to have emotions. Um, what the medications are going to hopefully help you to do is I want you to have more good days than not so good days. I want your moods to be a little more regulated, but you should, you are not going to be emotionless. And I think that's very important to tell patients because sometimes they have the expectation that they're going to start this medication. And then tomorrow they're going to wake up and life is going to be nothing but like roses and little bunnies and butterflies and all of that not true. You're still going to have emotions and that's normal. 
So then second counseling point would be expectations. Again, knowing for every single mental health medication with the exception of the stimulants, they generally are not going to work overnight. You know what I mean? So they've got, they take weeks. Some of them take weeks to start to not necessarily start working, but to see the full benefit of them, they're going to take some time. I would also make sure that all patients know about consistency. You've most of our meds, we want to be consistent. We have to take them every single day, good days and not so good days. Um, Consistency. I always, I tell patients when you start a med and stop a med and start a med and stop a med, you know, what's going to happen is your body doesn't get time to get used to it and adjusted to it and start like regulating those chemicals that need to be regulated. It's like, you're restarting that process all over again when you miss several days. And then I also think probably a good counseling point is just making sure again, expectations, knowing that side effects will generally with the mental health meds side effects will generally happen first. And then you'll start to notice the benefit. Most people will stop taking their meds within the first three weeks, but that's because the benefits, like the true, like these are the noticeable benefits will usually start happening around like the second, third, fourth week, but the side effects happen when you start taking it. And so they're like, Hey, why would I take this medication when I'm feeling horrible and no good stuff is happening? So you just have to make sure that you're communicating those things to patients is, Hey, here's what's going to happen. You're going to take it. You might get side effects at first but I want you to push through it. And then the benefit is likely to start happening around the second to third week. So I think those are things like no matter what mental health medication that they're on, those apply to all of them. Yeah, certainly. And thank you for taking the time out to give some great counseling points. I think there's a high level of expectation that the medication will solve all the problems. And and you've been kind of alluding to that throughout this episode that, Hey, you know, that's where therapy could be beneficial too, because you're still going to have moods where you're up, um, where you could be up and down, but it's about being more regulated. It's about, um, not being in such for, let's just say depression, not being in such a depressed state where you don't have any interest in anything. You're, you can't move. You don't, your mood is just totally down. You feel nothing. Um, so not having, not being in that type of state. Um, yes, you'll still have down days because that's a part of life. And mm-hmm. that's something where that I'm sure that cognitive behavioral therapy really plays a, a big role. Um, having someone to talk to, whether it's through counseling or therapy, uh, whether it's the pharmacist, maybe you kind of use that as your resource or, or the physician mm-hmm. talking to someone um, to kind of supplement and understand that, hey, this is not a cure. Yeah. This is not an automatic fix. You're still going to have ups and downs. And that's something that I think we should definitely be mentioning to our patients and have them understand. Cause I know I've definitely come across a couple patients where it's like they started antidepressant and, and they didn't trial it long enough. It might've been like a week or two and then they just stopped because they didn't feel any different. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing the duration of when the medication will be most effective, knowing when um, knowing the importance of adherence, as you mentioned, like, Hey, this is something you need to take every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of counseling on, I think, which is the biggest point is the lifestyle too. how this is now. Yes. You're still going to have emotions. You're still going to have moods. It's okay to still have a down day while being on this medication, 
but the goal is to not have you be in that very depressed state to where you can't do anything where you don't want to eat or you're eating too much you're you have no interest in life um you have suicidal thoughts and things like that yes exactly exactly that's exactly it is just communicating communicating those things to people i the example that i give students sometimes mm-hmm. when i'm talking about anxiety is i say all right we always talk about anxiety and most people think like, Oh, I don't want to have anxiety. Like that's, that's horrible. But I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't like to be anxious either. However, anxiety is a natural part of your fight or flight system. If somebody were to walk into this room right now and I don't know them and they are a stranger to me, and they walk in this room, like yelling and screaming or something. Is it normal for me just to sit here and be like, huh? there's a stranger in my house right now. I think I'm just going to sit here. No way. Like immediately I am, I am tense. I'm like, all right, let me make sure my kids are good. Like, let Mm -hmm. me see where my husband is. Like my heart is probably racing. That is normal. I should be anxious because my body is trying to figure out, Hey, do we need to get out of here or are we good? What's happening? What's not normal is now I never want to be in a room by myself ever again. You know what I mean? That's when it becomes an anxiety disorder. So medications are not made to like erase all of your emotions, but it is made, they are going to hopefully help to like regulate some of the chemicals that can affect those emotions so that we don't get like extremes, extreme highs or lows. Let me see. This is actually a a personal question. I could, edit this out. Um, so this one doesn't have to stay in, but I recently, uh, received a phone call for someone who's in a depressed state. So feeling like, you know, at, at the bottom of the barrel type of thing, is there any recommendations that you have for that type of individual who's, who feels like they're at the bottom, they have no interest in doing anything no energy, mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is there any recommendations that you have for those individuals um, in that type of state? And like I said, I can edit this out, but I just remember that and I was like, oh, I should ask. You. Yeah, especially when you say that, they, that they're they feeling suicidal, mm-hmm. no motivation. So I actually think, well, you'll have to be careful with this because I think this is important, but I do think it's important for people to know. Cause if somebody ever says that they're suicidal, I'm always taking it serious. Yeah. But one thing to keep in mind is lean into that a little more. Sometimes I ask people about protective. I ask about when I ask patients about suicide, I always talk about if they say yes or no, sometimes I'll say, okay, well, are they passive thoughts or are they active thoughts? Mm-hmm. Passive thoughts means I have no plan. I have no intent on acting on it, but sometimes I do think about what would life be like if I wasn't here? What could I do? Like, you know, what would I, would life be easier if, if, you know, if I just wasn't present, but I have no intent, I have no plan. I have no intent to act on it. I, but I just have these passive thoughts about what life would be like if I weren't around or how it might be easier versus active thoughts are like, man, I am suicidal and here is how I would do it. And here's when I would do it. And here's why I'm going to do it. You know, 
both of them are serious, but I do think, and it may not be for the, for the average everyday person to ask this, but I do think it's important for me. Like when I see patients, those are things that I'm going to ask either way though. I think that type of person, especially like the low motivation asking from your, from the the other person asking about, these are also protective factors. What do you look forward to in the future? Are you looking forward to graduation? Are you looking forward to a trip that you're going on with your parents or with your family? And if that person is like, I'm looking forward to nothing, I've got nothing I'm looking forward to. That's a bad sign to me because it means it possibly means that you're thinking you're not going to be here next week, next month, next year versus someone that's like, yeah, I am looking forward to going on this trip with my, my whoever, you know what I mean? That's good. Cause I appreciate that you're looking forward to something in the future. Cause that means you're, you're thinking about being here for that event. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think, um, I think from the other person asking those types of questions are good. But I also think no matter what, for the person that's going through like that, that bottom of the barrel type feeling, that would be someone that I would say, let's call the, let's call the crisis hotline. Let's like go get you the help that you need, like ASAP. And that doesn't have to mean that you got to be on medications, but it means you need to talk to someone and we're going to get you help. That would be someone that I would call crisis hotline on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. And, and that's, and I was just like, I was like driving when that happened, when I got that phone call and I was just like, uh, what do I say? Uh, so it's just like being, you know, like thrown in the moment and, you know, I, I did what the second part, I didn't ask about passive reactive thoughts, um, when it comes to suicide. And I think that's, that's important to assess, as you said, like, are they thinking on it or are they developing plans for it? Yeah. Um, cause that's, that's two different states that a person is in. And then do they have anything to look forward to? And that's what I, I was asking, like those type of questions, like, is there anything that you look forward to in life right now? Is there yeah. anything you have upcoming? Um, if not, let's think about things right now. Let's try to think of things that, that you look forward to. It's like, I can't think of anything. It's like, well, let, let's try to think of something right now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's, well, I'm glad I did that. <laughs> But, but, uh, I think that's, that's helpful to know, um, how to address those situations, right? Because being healthcare providers, um, for the pharmacy students that are listening, trust me, you're going to get friends that just reach out to you and expect you to know everything on stuff that you have nothing that you know nothing about. Uh, like I get calls from certain people who get diagnosed with like a specialty type disease. And it's like, I don't work in specialty. I don't know these things, but I guess I got to look it up and, and be able to help them out. And so that's something that, I think it's important to kind of be well-versed on at least how to counsel um, yes. individuals in different states and different experiencing different things. And I really, really do appreciate you taking the time to explain that. And like I said, I can edit that out the episode or leave okay. it in. It's up to you. Um, yeah, no, that's up no, to you. I appreciate it. I really here's, appreciate that. Here's what I would do. You can leave it in if you want. That's totally fine with me. Mm-hmm. Here's, but I would definitely add this resource. So here's what I would do for anybody that for anyone, not patients, caregivers, healthcare workers, students, anyone take a mental hate, a mental health first aid course. 
So mm-hmm. you can, you can okay. get certified in mental health first aid and it teaches you exactly that. What do I do when someone says this? What do I do when mm-hmm. someone is having manic symptoms? What do I do when someone is having depressive symptoms? What do I, like, what do I do? You know what I mean? So um, the classes, it is a long class. I think if you take it in a day, it's like an eight hour course. Okay. Um, but they, it's so valuable because they go through all of these like different situations and scenarios and, mm. and teaches you on a basic level, what should you be doing? How can you help? And I think for me, even me being me, it was a good resource for me. It, it teaches you like, even like language to use, like, yeah. like we should not tell people you have like, you're a schizophrenic. You should say this person has a diagnosis of schizophrenia or we don't say anymore. You don't say someone committed suicide. It's preferred that you say someone died by suicide versus they committed suicide. Mm. But the course will tell you and teach you all about language, how to talk to people, resources, all of that. Okay. Now I'll definitely sign up for that. Um, thank you for sharing. I, I, that's probably like the biggest gem yeah. <laughs> I'm walking away with today. I didn't know that was a thing. So mental health first aid kit. Mental um, health, yeah. Mental health first aid. And I, I don't know the, the, there is like a website, but just Google mental health first aid. And then they'll tell you, you can look by your state. They'll tell you what, um, where you can find a course and then, um, through, then you can sign up. You, the eight hour course, I mean, it is a long day, but it's get it done in a day. Sometimes mm-hmm. they have them over a weekend. The other big thing is a lot of schools now are, are implementing it into their curriculum. Um, a lot of schools are implementing it into their curriculum. A lot of, um, of organizations like at our school that I teach at, we, all the faculty had to go through mental health first aid. So it's, um, it's something that I think is valuable, something that's good for, yeah. for lots of organizations, different organizations. Yeah, definitely. And it's the National Council for Mental Wellbeing who, who created this. And just like Dr. Sherry Allen mentioned, just Google mental health first aid and it's the first thing that'll pop up. And you can find a course instructor. I'm definitely gonna get trained in this. I'm gonna have to, to sign up for this later, but no, thank you for that. I didn't know that existed. And, and that's important because like you said, language, you know, the vernacular that we're using, the tone that we're using, they're probably going to go through all the different situational um, courses to really, or um, scenarios, as you mentioned, to really help you know how to approach that situation whenever it comes to you, because it probably will come to you um, if you're working in the healthcare profession, whether it's from a patient, a friend, um, a colleague, maybe a family member. So that's something that I think we should all definitely do and partake in and, and get that certification so that we, we can be more qualified to, to communicate to individuals who are going through um, different mental health crises. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. And then, so kind of transitioning um, from that, what would you say is the future for pharmacists to make a greater impact on mental health? I would say being like, being what we've been trained to do. You're an expert in medication. Mm -hmm. So I think a basic role that, that pharmacists can play is 
educate your patients, help them. A lot of patients don't want to take medications and they'll tell me it's for like five or six different reasons. It is my job to educate them on, on that. I'm never going to convince, I'm never going to force you to take a medication or try and convince you. But as a pharmacist, I think it is our job to tell you the good things. I'm going to tell Mm -hmm. you the not so good things, and I'm going to help you to give you everything that you need in order to make that decision. So I think that pharmacists can be the educators that we've been trained to be and act as patient advocates, making sure that we have the resources that patients need, being able to direct them to the different places that they need to go. Think about it. Pharmacists, maybe not so much that work in hospitals, but pharmacists that work in community pharmacy, easily accessible, the most accessible healthcare professionals. I think I read that somewhere that community pharmacists are the most accessible. So Mm -hmm. you know what? I mean, I don't know if this is a good thing or not so good thing, but there, there is a boulder on your shoulder. There's a large responsibility for you to be able to recognize and help to educate and manage. I'm not even going to say it's a boulder on your shoulder. There is an amazing opportunity for you to be able to educate and to do what like you can do in order to destigmatize mental health. Um, disorders and being on medications and getting the help that you need to get. Definitely. Um, And that's something that, like you said, it is a bit of a bigger responsibility on, on the retail pharmacist side, but yeah, they are the most accessible healthcare professional. And that's something where we see the trends. We see that rates are going up. And this is an intervention that can be made if we're all educated and probably, hopefully maybe um, institutions make this a requirement just like they do with first aid. I don't see why they shouldn't make mental health, um, taking that mental health course and being certified in that, especially if we're seeing the rates and the numbers increase. It only makes sense for anybody that's going to be in active um, outpatient type management, whether it's like an ambulatory care clinic or in the retail setting um, or specialty settings. I know they counsel patients as well to kind of have that background and understanding on how to approach certain um, scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I think that that could be definitely um, the future impact that pharmacy can have on mental health. And that'll definitely help with physicians instead of them waiting for an annual visit or, or the, the, the difficulties with that. Maybe if we note some things, we can reach out to the physician that can kind of expedite the process of the patient getting diagnosed and getting um, treatment if needed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. for sure. Certainly. And then for my last question for you, um, since you like do it all, uh, being a mother, being a wife, mm-hmm. being a teacher, mm-hmm. working inpatient with, with, uh, in the psychiatric unit, um, and then also your Instagram page yeah. at Mental Act Farm D. Uh-huh. How do you do it all? <laughs> I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell people too. They ask me like, how do you, how are you doing a residency and a podcast and doing all these things? I was like, guys, I don't sleep. I don't bad. sleep. I am. Listen, I am horrible about my husband gets so mad at me. He's always, so my, my, I have like a desk in my, in my, um, in my bedroom that I usually do a lot of my work at, at home. Uh-huh. And my husband will be like sleep. And he's like, 
will you please just come to bed? Like go to sleep. And it's like 12, it's like midnight, 1am, 2am. And I'm still like working and it could be like grading papers, doing whatever, doing, you know, doing things I actually need to do. Um, so I'm horrible about that, but I have been better at work-life balance. I, I think the thing that I think about is keeping things in perspective is realizing, you know what? I do need to grade these papers or I do need to make this post or I do need to uh, go over my, my lesson for tomorrow, but I got to do that. But you know what needs me, my attention more mm-hmm. is my family. My family is not going, my kids are not going to stop growing just because I need time to work on something else. And so I think for me, it's just putting, making sure to always put things in perspective. I am not an amazing example of that. I will be so honest with you. I am, Mm. I am not good at work-life balance. Like I with very good intention. I love like helping people. I love doing, I love saying yes to opportunities that I know Mm. are going to benefit and help people. I get myself involved, like students all the time ask me to do stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't have time, but I really want to help you with whatever it is. So I just end up saying yes. So instead, what I do is I tell like new faculty or anyone that's like willing to listen to me is I say, listen, have like, have a time that you shut it off and that time, whatever time that is for you, stick to it, stick to boundaries. You have to have that or else pharmacy can take over your life. You also have to, I always highly suggest have friends that are not pharmacists. Because you all probably know when you have a bunch of pharmacists in a room and all of y'all are friends, you guys might be going to dinner, but some kind of way, the conversation always Always ends up on something medication related. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so glad that I'm not married to a pharmacist because it would like take over my life. Um, But, you know, just making sure that you have a thing, a something like people at my job are always like, I don't see like you have, you do so much. Like, how do you do this Instagram page? You know why I do it? It's like, it's, it's work, but it's also like my thing that has, it's my passion. It's my, my quote unquote hobby. It's my thing that I can do that isn't like required of me. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's my outlet. And I like, I need that. And I suggest to everyone, have an outlet. So that way you can take your break from pharmacy related stuff. I mean, mine still is pharmacy related, but either way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Mine but, is too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Have, have that break, secure time. If you're a student, listen, don't study, study on the yeah. record. I want to say study, but don't study all night long. Yeah. I had a teacher that used to tell me in school, she said, if you don't know it by midnight, you're not going to know it. Go to bed, mm-hmm. go to bed. Don't stay up till three and four in the morning. At this point, you're just, all you're doing is memorizing facts. And then when yep. you take the test, it's not in your brain anymore. Do yourself a favor and go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key thing is anybody that I don't want to make it sound like it's anybody, but if if I had to put a number, majority of people who do a lot of different things or are highly successful, the one thing they probably sacrificed was sleep. 
Yeah. Um, to get there. And it's unfortunate because that is an important thing that we should all get. Yeah. But, you know, when you have certain goals that motivate you or certain hobbies that you're passionate about, it's hard to go to bed because then you're just thinking about it while you're laying in bed, like, oh, man, I didn't yeah. do something. I have to go work on it. Yeah. So it's it's a double edged sword. And I, I always tell people, like, my work life is great. My work life and family. Now that's poor. Uh, yeah. Because something's got to give, right? And so yeah. it's it, it can be kind of tough um, to always like keep in touch with my parents and go see them because they don't live in the same city as me. Yeah. But um, and keeping in touch with cousins and aunts and uncles, and that's something I, I hope I do more now after residency. But yeah. that's something that I'm still trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what's the best work life family um, environment, and like something I heard on a podcast was let's say you sleep um six hours a night I believe it was you do six hours of of personal development so that could be reading um a book that could be working on your social media page that could be all these different things maybe you're taking a course the mental health um first aid course different things like that spend six hours a day on personal development Mm -hmm. uh another six hours on work um and then another six hours on and then also with personal development that could be like the gym stuff like that and then like six hours of fun and within that fun should be incorporated family. Um, so that's something that, that I, I heard from a podcast and I thought that was important or, and you can play with the hours differently, however you want, maybe do four, four and four. Um, but try to divide an allotted amount of time to work on your activities. Um, if you don't get it done by then, then you know what, push it on to the next days to make sure that you still have enough time with your, with your friends and with your family. Um, and you're also taking time to also have that independence to work on yourself with your personal development activities. So that's something that I recently started. I want to say within, well, not during the week because during the week, during the week is just crazy because residency, but on the weekends, I think I started at like a weekend ago or two weekends ago. And so far it's been pretty effective. Yeah. Um, and so that's something else that if anybody listening, you want to try kind of set up a time frame and just give yourself this amount of time um, on the weekends, dedicated to this, dedicated to this and dedicated to this. That way you can make sure you're spending the proper amount of time um, with your family, your friends, your, your own personal development. If you're kind of a go-getter trying to do all these different things and then also um, any work that you have to do on the weekends to so make sure you, you have some time for that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It sounds super corny, but one of the things I'm, I'm really bad about is like reaching out to family and friends. So I've, yeah. I've literally added it. I do a to-do list every day. I've added Same. it to my to-do list. Like, Hey, today, like just text a friend to talk, to talk, like, how are you doing? You know what yep. I mean? Or yep. reach out to a family member to see what's going on with them. Yep. And so for me, when it's a part of that to-do list, it just becomes like the, it's, it's put it in the schedule. Yep. And, and I wish it didn't have to be in a schedule, but this is my life. Things yeah. have to no no exactly and um i used to do that too something i listen to a lot of different podcasts i forgot who, who mentioned this but that person was saying like he goes for like starbucks or coffee like every morning so in the mm-hmm. line waiting for coffee he scrolls to the bottom of his text inbox and he texts whoever that person is mm-hmm. yeah and so and just like and he always sends like a message like hey um i don't need anything i'm just reaching out to see how you're doing um, feel free to get back to me whenever, if you're busy today, that's fine. Text or call whenever you're free, like yeah. a message like that. And then he's like, sometimes they take a couple of days because they've been busy. Maybe they just had a child, different things going on in life, uh, work stuff. Um, but that's something that I also thought was cool. It's like, um, cause w- 
sometimes you might forget some of the friends you have, which sounds bad, but it's yeah. like, you forget some of the people that you meet. So that's why I thought it was cool. Like scrolling to the very bottom of your, of your inbox um, and seeing like, who's a lot, like, who's, how long has it been? Maybe it's been a couple of years since you texted this person. Let me text this person and see how they're doing um, too. I'm so that's another, that's another thing. I just scrolled to the bottom of mine and I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to that person. <laughs> <laughs> let me scroll, let me scroll to the bottom of mine. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot him a text. May 11, 2019. I haven't talked to him in a while. I know. When you, yeah. When you said that, I, I mean, not that my bottom person isn't bad, but I'm like, eh, I mean, like, I just, I don't feel like talking to them right now. <laughs> okay. I went to the, the sad part is I went to the person above it and I'm like, mm, I'm talking to them either. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. basically scrolled to the top. But in my defense, I, I clear out my text messages like every day. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I leave stuff. Yeah. Ever since I got this phone in 2019, I still have a lot of different people and it's wow. My, I have not talked to in a long time. The OCD in me will like, I literally clear, I clear all my missed calls, my made calls, clear all my voicemails. Uh-huh. I'm the type of person on an iPhone. I, I don't like the red dots. Mm, gotcha. I get rid of them all. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's like another trick that, that you could do too but that's something that i i did earlier in the year but it, i just got too busy but that's something i want to bring back it's like one person a day i contact family member or friend just to check in yeah i'm gonna do that yeah definitely so that's it for all the questions that i have for you um thank you so much for being on did you have any questions for me no questions for you it's been fun it's been a good conversation yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. There's a lot of gems in there. So can't wait um, till Alex clips up everything we get to post it on, on uh, social media. And then um, big takeaway point from this episode is definitely check out um, NAMI.org for a lot of different resources that they have available. And also to check out um, the mental health first aid courses that are available near you for you to go ahead and sign up and, and um, definitely improve our counseling skills whenever we get put in those scenarios. And last but not least, 988 the new mental health hotline. Um, let me double check. I believe it's July 16th. Yes. July 16th, 988, the new mental health um, crisis hotline. Definitely call that um, starting July 16th. And last but not least, actually two things. One, you have to follow her on at mental act farm D um, M E T A L E C T farm D. Um, if you have any issues trying to, trying to follow her Instagram, please reach out to me and I'll, I'll send you a link to it. And then um, the other thing, too, would be if anybody knows anybody that works for Good Morning America, let us know. (laughs) That might be the most important takeaway. Let us know. I was going to say that's the priority. Yes, that is the priority. (laughs) So if anybody knows anybody that works for Good Morning America or has any connections, please reach out um, to either one of us so we can expedite this process of getting her on there. We got I'm all about making um, people's dreams and goals come true. So we got to make Dr. Sherry Allen's goals come true. So please, please, please reach out if you know anybody. Um, Is there anything else uh, you wanted to share or or promote? That's it is. Yeah, I would encourage people just as a resource to come to my page. Um, And yeah, and and again, that is my priority is, is if you guys can get me on Good Morning America, I would be forever grateful. Of course. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best. And um, we'll also probably start sharing some of your content on our page, too. So that way some of the some of our followers can see it and it'll be a lot easier to just go ahead and access your information that way, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you.
Oh, 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 oh,